Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag hostess Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation, also known as my bedroom. <laughs> now, I could tell many of you out there in podcast land were missing me, and noticed that I took off the month of October. And how could I tell that, you ask? <laughs> well, from all the threatening messages and DMs telling me that I better post a new podcast soon or I'll regret it. <laughs> My listeners are so loyal, or crazy, or both, <laughs> just like I like them. Now, as always, you can message me on Twitter or Instagram with ideas, comments, questions, concerns, or whatever you want to throw at me. All the details will be at the end of the podcast as well as in the show notes. I am so excited for tonight's main feature and our first returning guest. But before that, I think we need to do a few quick reflections. (laughs) Tonight's first quick reflection is Maniac Cop from 1988. This is the first in the Maniac Cop trilogy. It's about a serial killer dressed as a cop, punishing the wrong people, i.e. the innocent people. And it's It has a very, very young and very hot Bruce Campbell of Evil Dead fame. Now, it has some good kills, a little bit of good acting, so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 white gloves. But I don't know that I'll be watching number 2 or number 3 anytime soon. Quick reflection, number 2 is Zombie High from 1970... No, I'm sorry, from 1987. Okay, this movie needs a new title, better music and a tweak in the writing. And if you did all that, it would just be okay at that point. There were no real zombies. There was no good setup. There were some interesting acting choices. It has a solid idea at its center, but it was executed badly. So I give it four out of 10 cassette tapes. (laughs) Quick reflection, number three, Hellmouth from 2014. This movie is from the same people that did The Amazing Pontypool, one of my favorite movies. This movie starts out amazing, but the story sort of fizzles out by the end. But it is visually beautiful, with interesting ideas. So I give it a 7.5 out of 10 keys. Definitely worth a watch. Quick reflection number four. Oh god, they're going so quickly, but I want them to last. Quick reflection number four is Mikey from 1992. Now this one I really liked. This one is about a little boy who kills people when things don't go his way or he doesn't get what he wants. So basically a spoiled brat, murderer. It's like in Child's Play if the murderer got into the little boy. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean. Ew. (laughs) It has some good kills, good acting, and the little boy is super creeps. So I give this one 8 out of 10 marbles. And now for our final quick reflection of the night. Quick reflection number 5 is The Legend of Halloween Jack from 2018. Guess when I watched this one. (laughs) Well, this is about a killer who is killed by vigilantes that were personally linked to the killer's victims. So Jack comes back to kill them. No, this is not Nightmare on Elm Street. This killer looks like a scarecrow. 
No, this is not Jeepers Creepers. And he kills on Halloween night. No, this is not Michael Myers. If you get the sense that I think this movie is a bit of a cliche ripoff Halloween movie that takes all Halloween and or horror movie tropes and puts them in one movie, hoping that it'll catch on, well, you're right. I give this movie three out of 10 vigilantes. Oh, and by the way, this movie has a sequel. Oh, whatever. And that's it for Quick Reflections. <laughs> this episode sponsor is again nailed by Jamie. If you are looking for gorgeous, one-of-a-kind, handmade, painted and rhinestoned sets of nails, designed and created by independent queer businesses, then you need to get nailed by Jamie. Prices range from $20 to $40, depending on the level of glamour. There are beautiful, ready-made sets in their Etsy store now, or you can contact and work with them to create your own custom-designed masterpiece. Reflections of Darkness listeners can get 10% off their entire purchase by using the code RODNBJ. That's R-O-D-N-B-J. <laughs> Check the Etsy store often for other sales and promotions. The more you spend, the more you save, and the more gorgeous your hands will look. Hurry over to their Etsy store now and get nailed by Jamie. See show notes for details. <laughs> Well, now it's time for tonight's main feature. I hope you enjoy. Tonight's movie is Nocturna from 1979. And tonight we have a special guest whose voice you may recognize from a previous podcast. That's right. We've got our returning ghoul friend, Christopher. Hi there. Applause, 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 applause. <laughs> How are you doing, Evil? Uh, you know, staying inside, not doing anything, you know, living the dream, same as per living, living the dream. That sounds great. Hanging out in the layer of eternal damnation, napping a lot, you know, such. How about yourself? How's the world been treating you? Pretty good. Since last we spoke. Pretty good. Uh, yesterday me and the boyfriend went on for a super long walk. We, we walked from like some beaches in Daly City to the top of Mount Davidson, then that back home. like a Garth Brooks song, The Beaches it, of Daly City. It was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty okay. great. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad everything's working out for you. So. Let's as, talk about it. Speaking of working out, this movie was a workout. This movie, Nocturna, released in 1979, Filmed in 1978. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where to begin with this one. Well, because... you, you begin at the beginning. You begin at the beginning. It's such because... a. Te- this is such a terrible movie. Okay, you say that, and I have had this movie in my collection for a while, but I haven't watched it. Such a because terrible. Because I was waiting movie. to watch it for this, so <laughs> I had it built up in my mind. Because I'll give you everybody out there in podcast land a little backstory. So years ago, Sister Christopher and I were out shopping for vinyl, because that's what you do. And he picks up this record and says, you have to have this record. And I was like, "Mm, okay. He's like, like, you know what? I'll buy this record for you. So you bought this record for me. So you can only blame yourself. Well, the... Let, let's be real about what this record what about what this the is. The record is amazing. The soundtrack to this movie is phenomenal. It is. It Vicky is Vicky Sue great, Robinson. 
Um, Gloria Gaynor. Gloria Gaynor. Uh, Moment, Moment of, of Truth. Truth. Great. Yes. Great disco jams. Great disco jams. Yeah. Uh, so yes, no, that's great, and that's you know that if you only base the movie on knowing that the songs were amazing, you'd go into it and you would, you know, be highly disappointed. Uh, <laughs> highly. But okay, so let's start at the beginning. The movie opens. Nocturna, the lovely woman, who is played sure. by. Let's let's round her up to that. Um. Yeah, well, the the reason I say that is because, well, because she's the whole the whole thing is just very weird. We'll get into it. So the, we open yeah. on her mesmerizing a man in a tunnel, and then sucking his blood, and then it cuts to her power <laughs> walking, her, power walking, looking for power. her grandfather through these big cathedral hallways with smoke and she's in this blue sequin dress and it's all set to the song that Gloria Gaynor sings, Love is Just a Heartbeat Away. In my notes, intro is every drag queen's fantasy. I want to redo this so bad. You have no idea. <laughs> I want the blue sequin dress. I want the smoke. I want the long gothic hallways just to walk. That's all you're doing is just walking to the music. Yeah. And the opening scene is amazing. It, if it had gone on this track, this movie would have been classic. It The setup is great. You're just like... But it, Quickly, a beautiful quickly woman falls off. Beautiful yeah, woman. Beautiful. Not, well, an attractive lady. Quote unquote. But yes. Um, you know, taking advantage of men of the evening, strutting <laughs> along to disco power jams. Like these are the th- these are I'm here for this. I'm here yes. for all of these things. But the right. movie takes a quick turn. Quick turn as soon as very quick turn. Anybody talks. <laughs> oh. So she goes up to the front desk of Hotel Transylvania, which is now what her grandfather, Count Dracula, has to do for a job because I guess being taxes. a count doesn't pay like it used to. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, the taxes are killing him. Apparently. So they're in Transylvania and they have a big <laughs> castle with a big neon sign that says Hotel Transylvania that you only see once and nobody ever references again. So she goes to the front desk looking for her grandfather to enter Theodore. Now, Theodore is a problem in this movie. He's this aggressive little man, older, is obsessed with Nocturna. I wouldn't say is in love with her. He's just obsessed with her. It's it's unhealthy is what it is. Oh, it is. And he's got a million of these little aggressive monologues through the whole movie. What is it? Everybody. I, I, he, this man knows no joy. 
He knows not n- a bit. Yes. Not he knows no happiness, no joy in his life. He only knows lusting for Nocturna, who's technically his boss. Technically, not technically, completely his boss. Um, like I, the relationships so, were very fuzzy to me throughout yes, the, the entire thing. movie. So basically, she sees him. They have a small exchange. Uh, which is just upsetting. And then she goes on to find her grandfather, where she should have looked for him in the beginning, which is the coffin room or whatever. Yeah. So she has to wake him up with a glass of blood. And all the blood in this movie looks like V8. It is like light orange. There is never blood-colored blood anywhere in this movie. Yeah, it, this is some tomato juice-based beverage. Yeah, and the only time you ever see any vampire, like, actually bite someone was in the first two seconds of the movie, and that's it. Every For the rest of the time, they're either drinking it out of goblets or snorting it. We'll get to that. Okay, what is... So. Oh. <laughs> that no. character's worse. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. So I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself. No, but don't jump ahead because we've got a lot to cover. I aggressively hated this movie. <laughs> Just, okay, I can, like, I can tell. It, I didn't it was, hate it. It was. It was some, this is this was tough to watch. This was. It was. It was not the easiest movie to watch. It was uh, definitely uh, outdated in some places, uh, problematic in others, swinging and a very few comedy, saving graces. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it has a few good one-liners, you know. Uh, so she wakes up her grandfather, and he has to put in denture fangs. Okay, that part was, was that was kind of cute. And then he has a very interesting <laughs> line uh, about how he used to have these amazing fangs, and he was hung like a walrus. Like, uh, but in the old days, in the prime of youth, I had magnificent fangs. All the ladies would say, I was hung like a walrus. <laughs> These little one-liners are hilarious. So, Evil, in your time, in, <laughs> in your in your time of, of, you know, dealing with, your dealings with, intimate dealings with men, have you mm. ever described somebody as hung like a walrus? And... Well, I've never been describing their teeth, right? I mean, I've... Oh... I've, you just got that. I just got that. <laughs> okay, maybe you should rewatch this movie. <laughs> you didn't get the first joke. Did, did not that flew right over my head. <laughs> right over my head. I was like I was like thinking to myself I was sitting on the couch and I was just thinking to myself like do walruses have big dicks? Like what? <laughs> No, no, no. He was and talking I thought about of, his teeth. I never yes. had thought about a walrus penis before this moment in life. <laughs> well, yeah, I've never said anybody is hung like a walrus referring to their penis. Clearly, it's only their teeth size. But and I, I guess love that your that's head like a, went there. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> You're like on the internet, walrus penises. How big are they? <laughs> if I wasn't taking notes, I probably would have re- I re- would have done some research. <laughs> totally. Oh, how funny. Oh, okay. So then we get front desk guy again, very upset to let her know that the musicians are here, that they booked for the hotel to bring in more business, I guess. Yeah, because that's what people were doing at the time. 
if you ran a hotel and you had a lounge, I guess, you just, in Transylvania, you would just um, hire New York-based disco groups to come yes. in. And now this group, okay, so she goes to see this group in the Claret Room, which I love. I thought that oh, was funny. Can we talk about the sign for that room? The clear looks, room, the little like paper sign they stuck in there. Yeah, it looks like it looks like something like that should be on like the box art for a Castlevania game. It looks great. Totally, I totally. love it. I was like, you know what uh, movie? This is a, this was a good choice. More of this, right. please. And this is the part where we're introduced to the band Moment of Truth, which is four black men, and then off to the side the band, which is all just. Three mediocre and one very good-looking white boys playing Who, all the instruments. Uh, they ain't playing no you, instruments. No, they, well, <laughs> playing like they're playing instruments. So you've got the four <laughs> black men, and they're doing some sort of, like, temptation routine or trying yeah. to. But this this sequence that's happening with the four black men proves that not all black men have rhythm. I'm just saying. Because it, it's like, count, do this, count. It's like Drag Race when they're trying to teach the girls how to dance. That was the can't. first thing that came to my mind. I was just like, I've seen some girls on Drag Race with, with better rhythm than this. and right. There is Todrick Hall telling the other ones that they're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, Where's so Todrick when we need her? Right? Bitch probably wasn't even born yet uh, <laughs> when this movie came out. So Nocturna comes in to see the band. And she's Every, like mesmerized she well, no, sees we're not there yet what we're not there yet we're not there yet oh, they have God. to start singing okay so she's like oh do you have anything ready and i'm sorry but every time nocturna speaks she just it sounds like she's dubbed one she is because, and everything is so slow and like weird like, like she's, she's never had to speak to people before she's constantly in a dream that's basically what it like, is I don't. I, it's like she's either asleep the entire or movie, she's all like kind of floaty and weird, or yeah. just like one or two quaaludes at at any moment in this. It movie. was the late seventies, so possible. But uh, so the band's like, "Oh, we got something ready. We'll show you." So they start playing and they're doing their little thing, and Nocturne is just sitting there watching, and then they just keep focusing on the guitarist. They just like keep focusing on this hot blonde guitarist. They just keep looking at him. And honestly, uh, that's where my eye would have gone because he is beautiful. He was he, he was seventies seventies handsome. That's a seventies no, handsome standard beautiful. of beauty. No, yes, totally. I'm there. And as people know, I love a man in the seventies: tight jeans, tight shirt, fluffy hair. Well, I'm we'll in. get to those tight jeans in a moment when we start talking about mm. their dance. Oh, <laughs> okay. So he just stops playing guitar because. But he wasn't anyway. Goes down and he's like, <laughs> to Nocturna, do you want to dance? And she's like, I don't know how. Okay, now pause. This girl is 126 years old. And you don't know how to dance? Or are you just trying to be coy? I think, that, no, I think this is working. a move for coyness because I myself have definitely pulled this move. I've definitely pulled oh, up. I don't know how. I don't know how to dance. Oh, oh please. It was terrible. Oh. And... So then he's like, oh, I'll teach you. And she's like, mm, okay. Uh, then they do something that's movement. I wouldn't I don't, call it dance. I, I don't know what he is doing that he's teaching her. This kind of weird There were some standing. Macarena moves in there. 
because like there, there was, was heads like, above above your head, behind your head, behind your back. You yeah, turn the around. Your back stuff reminded me of like uh, Mick Jagger kind of moves. This kind of like stand up really straight and like kind of bob your head kind of deal. I don't know what it was. Whatever he was doing, he was impressing Nocturna because she was all about. It. She was feeling it. She all was like, "I need all of this." Right. All and of so, this terrible, super tight jean, unflattering angle pants. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was not. It it did not look great. Yes. To to me yeah. at least, I was or the the lovely YouTube copy that I found online. <laughs> right. Which everybody out there in the world, go to YouTube, find Nocturna, <laughs> nineteen seventy nine. I think it's actually called Nocturna Part Two or Try Two or second try something like that you'll find it anyway so they get done dancing the music again is amazing cut to they just go have sex yeah now here's the good part you actually get to see man ass in this in the late 70s and his body is on point yeah yeah the guy who plays this guy who plays jimmy uh started out as a ballet dancer from australia so his body is on point this raises more questions about the terrible dancing previously. Like, if he's a ballet right. dancer... Well, he wasn't was, doing ballet. What was up with that? He's he trying to do disco in Transylvania. So I don't know how that translates. But anyway. So yes, you get to see Manass while they have this too long uh, sex scene where they're basically just sitting next to each other, kissing each other lightly. I mean, who hasn't uh, been there? Right. <laughs> okay, so then they're done... Like fucking, and so then she has another change, outfit change into this like red sheer robe and nothing under it. So all you see is seventies bush. And I'm that like, was a great oh, look for her. That was I'm, a seventies bush again. That you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give her props for that. That was a good look. <laughs> that was a good. That? that was a good post-coitus kind of look and a little bit of mystery yeah. to her so she but had her hair like, up i'm comfortable and then another oh. song starts another like wonderful song starts while she does her whole bathing routine the ba- oh. the bathroom scene it, the... it went on forever one i lived she's four lifetimes herself. during that scene yes and then for the entire part where she's bathing herself she has this internal monologue going about <laughs> you know like I'm a vampire. I'm supposed to like, you know, kill people, but I feel like I'm changing. I'm in. You've met this person. I'm five in minutes love. Ago. You fucked him two minutes ago, and now you're in love. This is Some, your boyfriend. She got dicked down good, and she loves it, okay. and she wanted more of it immediately. Okay, but again, she's 126 years old. That's how good it what was. What have you been doing for this 126 <laughs> years? Have you been locked in a room, not doing anything? The, okay. the the internal Plot monologue of the internal monologue of that scene I wish like I wish it was just I wish the movie was more of that like if there was no spoken dialogue and it was just her thoughts oh don't worry I'm gonna include it, some of it here so don't worry you're gonna hear some of it <laughs> so good uh, a new feeling has come over me an awareness of my woman's body and my woman's heart. Can it be that I'm a real woman? Can I hope for a normal life? Or am I doomed to a 
lust and murder. Yes. So then she's bathing. She's done bathing. She gets out and then she starts just pouring baby oil all over herself, rubbing herself constantly. And during the whole thing, Theodore is watching her having this like aggressive self monologue again. It, uh, I, I couldn't then, I couldn't tell if he was like I, I honestly couldn't tell if he was lusting after her or was at that point just straight up hateful towards well it was the it only woman in his life started off lustful until he got caught so she puts on this gorgeous pink sequin number with sheer pink cape the fabrics in this movie a plus amazing uh and then she <laughs> finds him peeping at her and so he she's like get back to work and walks away and then he has this whole hateful monologue again about keeping her like naked and barefoot under the table or some bullshit pregnant too pregnant that was the detail where i was like werewolf babies that's where that's where i was like you know what theodore this is the point of no return soon i'll call the shots here i'll keep you pregnant and barefoot and let you eat under the table i'll turn the pretty young pig You want, to, you want to keep this woman pregnant. Like, yes. This is bonkers to me. Beyond Theodore. So, fun fact. So, the hallway shots, the shot of the bathroom uh, is all in this, like, guy, kind of gothic area. Well, it was all shot in a big gothic church. And they had to shoot the bath scene very quickly because they didn't have permission for anybody to be naked in this church. Because it's a church. But yeah. those scenes are cool. Another fun fact about this movie, which I did not find surprising at all. So the main woman that, who plays Nocturna is Nai Bonet. I think that's how you say her name. Yeah. She's half Vietnamese, half French. Uh, she actually raised $350,000 to have this movie produced. And $100,000 of that was spent only on music. Okay, the soundtrack is that good. The soundtrack is like, amazing. Just want just want to reconfirm. Yes. Throwing one third of that money at, at, at the soundtrack was a wise good decision. Idea. I'd say a good fifty thousand of that were her outfits, because this bitch Easily. had an outfit change Easily. for everything. Yeah, everything every was scene, a long sequin she... gowns, matching capelets, everything. Just nothing but she... flowing fabrics for her in every scene of this movie. And they really, really work. Like I was jealous of every outfit one to all of them in my size of course uh <laughs> which is a lot more expensive because there's gonna important be important detail <laughs> <laughs> okay so she's now in the pink outfit and she goes to the claret room again where now uh moment of truth is actually performing there are people dancing these are white people dancing in transylvania and they are the worst <laughs> i have a lot of things to talk about in this scene do it okay one the transylvanians they <laughs> well, are they transylvanians or are they people tourists staying at hotel transylvania they looked insane they looked <laughs> terrifying they yes. looked horrific they look like monsters this well, is these are. are some not screen ready people and like <laughs> it just they were just doing themselves no favor no makeup Nothing like they just looked real rough. And the second thing I want to talk about 
is her dancing. <laughs> she, you mean her, her capeography? <laughs> she is... Oh, I, I was so upset. Like, when I was watching, I was like, oh, I know this girl. Like, she's that person that goes into a, goes into a club, and it's not a dance club, but she just starts dancing. And <laughs> her moves, because of, like, all this flowy, all these capelets and flowing fabrics on her, take up so much space. So, like, at first, she goes out to the dance floor to share the dance floor with other people. But because of her fabrics and her dance move, everyone just... <sighs> clears out and yeah because they don't want to get slapped in the they face don't, they don't want to get slapped in the face because her only move is to spin she yes. just spins and I was show just off like... the garment honey show off the garments <laughs> that's what it is I... she's flipping that capelet and dress around and it's like you know what a few stevie next twirls i get it but this this scene went on for like four a minutes while. five minutes which yeah. doesn't sound like a lot but when your only dance move is spinning like it's just too much. Well, too I mean, much. she said she didn't know how to dance, and she just confirms I bl- it. Yeah, she confirms she it. Completely confirms it. So <laughs> then we cut to Nocturna talking to her grandfather, Count Dracula, who is played by the lovely John Carradine, who has he played was, a vampire multiple times. And he was giving it his history. all. You could tell. Well, all he, he, was, had he left was trying. Anyway. He was given. Yeah, he was because trying with what he was given. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, his outfit that he's wearing in this movie was the same Dracula outfit he wore in 1945 when he played Dracula the first time or whatever. So that's interesting. So they're having a little tiff because she's like, oh my God, I love him. And he's like, men are for (laughs) nourishment only. And she's like, oh, whatever. But I'm in love. Ah, It's infatuation. You have no right to love. You can use men for nourishment only. So she met this guy yesterday. No, yeah. it was earlier that day. Earlier that day. Fucked him, had a bath, and now she decides, oh, I'm just going to leave and go to New York with him. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and so she leaves a note on her grandfather's coffin while she is in a lovely floor-length purple sequined gown with matching cape. I'm going to I'm going to say is... this the outfit of outfit of the movie right here. Outfit of the movie, absolutely gorgeous. Hands but... down. She, this is what she wore on a plane trip from Transylvania (laughs) to New York. Do you know how uncomfortable it would be to sit in sequins for that long of a trip? I didn't figure out how long it was, but you're traveling from Europe to New York. It's going to be a long plane trip. That's a, that's a, that's a good, that's a good long time. That's all I could think was, girl, you're going to be sitting in that for hours. She's going to have sequin marks on her ass. For the rest of her days. Like, just... Yes. But it is a gorgeous, gorgeous dress. Double split up the front. Gorgeous dress. But still, not a a flight outfit. No. No. So now we're in New York We're in New York. And it's late 70s New York. So it is grungy. It is seedy. And everything's filmed at night because vampires. Hello. Of course. Important to know... Nocturna's new boyfriend does not know that she's a vampire. Not yet. Not yet. No. And so they pull up to his house in a classic yellow cab. He gets out. He's like, we're here. And she's like, I'm not staying with you. We just met. Clearly, I can't stay with you for fuck's sake. So she's like, oh, no, I'm going to stay with friends. And she she tells the taxi, 
go to the Manhattan Bridge, the other side, or whatever. I'm like, okay. Before we're here. I can't stay with you. Why not? I can't explain it, but I can't stay with you. Look, we didn't come all this way from Transylvania for you to tell me you're not going to stay with me. I'm staying with friends of my family. Look. I'll talk to you later, all right? I have to go Bridge, Manhattan side. So, <laughs> it's a little suspect. It is so weird. So, the taxi drives her to this under the bridge. Uh, nobody's around. It's the middle of the night. And he's like, are you sure you want to get out here? And she's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. So she gets out in her purple sequined gown to the floor, heels, one tiny little bag because apparently she only brought two flowy dresses with her she gets out and she just knocks on this like seemingly random door yes and you hear a voice in hello who is it and she's like it's me nocturna the granddaughter of count dracula (laughs) just this long thing and by the way that's how i'm gonna answer (laughs) any kind of intercom from now on like somebody's like who is it i'm like it's nocturna dracula's granddaughter Which begs the question, what happened to her parents? Where are they? I kept hoping that they would mention something or we would see them. No, it does raise a lot of questions. Yes. Well, that's fine. So now we're introduced to Jagulia, which who her whole name is Jagulia Vane, which is supposed <laughs> to be like a play on jugular vein, which... I don't know if they really needed that. I Jagulia. She, she was a character. Jagulia. Jagulia. Played by the amazing Yvonne DiCarlo, who yeah. is, as everybody will know, Lillian Munster from The Munsters. Yeah, this is, I think, the one area where this movie does it, like, goes out of its way to show some, like, monster monster movie street cred. Right. Is by and by getting is, her. <laughs> she is lovely. She is past, you know, Lillian Munster time, so she's just doing little things. She's a little typecast, but she does it and she's lovely. She's probably one of the best actors in this movie. Easily. Easily. Yes. That is, that is not a high bar to clear. So, she seems like she's one of the only people I feel like her character was having fun with this. Right. She knew Everybody this was else was doing a this a little movie. too serious, a little too blue. This felt like, no, she's she's actually enjoying herself. The fun fact about this is, the scenes with Yvonne DiCarlo in her home under the bridge are actually filmed under the Brooklyn Bridge. And huh. it was a vault that had been opened and cleared out that hadn't been opened in a hundred years. And that's where all the filming is done with all those coffins in that room. It's this vault under the Brooklyn Bridge that had been sealed for a hundred years and they cleared it out for this movie. I mean, it's such a it's such a shame to hear that because that sounds whatever image is in somebody's head hearing that without seeing this movie, they're thinking about something that's like fifteen times more visually interesting than how they shot it in the movie. That right. feels like such a wasted so opportunity. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Like but I just this... thought it was a fun fact. Oh yeah, that's crazy. That's great. <laughs> and so they're just going to stay under the bridge and whatever. And so they're chatting. Nocturna's like, I'm in love. 
And I'm also high, apparently. And Yvonne's like, that's great. I'm going to go to a meeting of the BSA. Do you want to come? And Nocturna's like, the BSA? What's that? Oh, Bloodsuckers of America. We're having a meeting tonight. (laughs) No, let's get into this meeting. Okay. Because... Cut to the meeting in a, I don't know, gothic, uh, some sort of thing in Central Park. I don't know what it is. It's some sort of monument or mausoleum kind of deal. I didn't look up what it was. And you apparently have all the important vampires of New York there. All the important ones. All eight of them. Yes, all eight. Uh, New York City, there's only eight vampires. Yeah, there's the the mobster one. The mobster stereotype. Oh, I hated him so much. Oh, no, just wait till you get to the person you hate the most, because I hate him the most. And then you had the old couple... And you've got all these people drinking, again, blood out of a goblet. And they're all, you know, complaining about how uh, the blood quality is not good anymore because of pollution and drugs. High sugar. High sugar diet. High sugar. The woman, she's like, I have diabetes and all these children eat too much candy. I'm like, you're a vampire with diabetes and you're bitching about the people who eat too much sugar? I, I, that part lost me again. Well, it really is a problem, especially with the children. I mean, they begin their day with these candy-coated cereals, and then they nibble endlessly all day long on on cakes, cookies, candies, so that they have become totally hypoglycemic. Now, for someone like me, this presents a real problem because I'm trying to watch my weight, and it's impossible to find a tasty little morsel whose blood is not totally sugar-saturated. Ah, yes. Very distressing to those of us who suffer from diabetes. Then, okay, cut to one of the worst stereotypes in this movie. You've got the (laughs) black man, R.H. Factor, who is a pimp-slash-drug-dealer stereotype. Oh, it's so... It's so cringeworthy and it's terrible. And he's pushing this stuff uh, that is blood corpuscle dust, basically, that you can sniff like cocaine instead of drinking blood. And so he gets one of them to try it and the other people are like, mm, I don't think I want to sniff my blood. I think there's actually a, uh, yeah, there's a line that I says, prefer I'd to rather suck, suck than, than sniff. sniff. Exactly. Oh. RH fact is the name and corpuscles is the game. Now I want you to check this out. It's your basic red and white corpuscles. Take a choice. Just one sniff, and you get the highest blood count you ever had. Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's really fine. I haven't had blood like that since I left Laguna Beach. I don't know about that. If the old ways were good enough for my father, my grandfather, they're good enough for me. Right on. I'd rather suck than sniff any day. Oh, man, come on. Damn. What do you mean? No. Okay, so then you've like got this a camp movie can't make up his own mind about whether it wants to suck or blow at this point. <laughs> so you've got this little side, and the co- a cop just hears them talking and accidentally busts in. <laughs> and then the worst special effects i've ever seen in my life 
um, I don't, hmm. I don't know <laughs> how explain to explain this. This is this is a level of Z grade special effects that I feel like somebody watching it today would be like, oh, they made it terrible on purpose. Like I don't, it, I don't think they did it on purpose. It so. looked like it was animated by the same people that animated the Whammy on Press Your Luck. Yes, but like in it was like chalk, re- really jittery, low frame rate chalky kind of finish to it yeah, but they all turn so they into all just raise they all their turn arms into bats they all turn, turn into, into these bats. chalk outlined bat things that just fly away and the noise that's made when they turn into a bat is very weird <laughs> and so then the cops like oh and then they cut away the cop the cop's reaction to that kind of great yeah like again one of probably the best actors in the whole movie and they didn't say anything <laughs> oh it's so bad so then we have a scene where Nocturna is talking to Jagulia, and she's she keeps saying, oh, I have to go meet my boyfriend. Oh, I'm going to go see my boyfriend. Every time she says boyfriend, I want to jump off a building. Just the way she says it is so kind of gross. I don't know. There's something about it freaks me out. It, it, it reminded me of like the character of Johnny from The Room when he talks about his future wife. Where yes, you're like, just cringeworthy. There's something, there's something unsettling about how this person thinks of, like, no, right. I don't trust it. It's not right. So Nocturna does not want to fly apparently to meet her boyfriend, so she calls a taxi. Taxi, and she's in this gorgeous red flowy gown with a gigantic red cape. So she has them take her downtown, and then she just gets out and starts walking. So this this was one of the few moments where I was like, oh, this movie could be something incredible if they explored this, right? Like mm. she doesn't she doesn't take she takes that cab because she doesn't want to fly because mentally right. at this point she doesn't want to be just a vampire. Flew a second ago. Well, I mean, you got you got to you got to do what you got to do to get out of the security guard's hair, but like she doesn't want Nocturne does not want to be a vampire anymore. Right, because that when is, she dances, when thing. she dances with his with her boyfriend, she feels like a human. Jimmy. She sees her reflection momentarily. Right. And I was like, she's changing slowly. And I was like, wow, this is this could be actually interesting if they explored this aspect of it. And it's like, but mm, eh, do they? Not, not really. So yeah. the part that I want to talk about is she takes this taxi, but she takes it somewhere in New York. And then she just gets out, and then she's walking. So during this scene, <laughs> they had hidden cameras, and she had a mic on her. So they weren't actually, nobody was actually filming her. They were just following her around with a hidden camera. So everything that happens on the streets of New York in this scene is all real. She's just talking to random people on the street, just it's, walking through the city. It's almost, It's almost akin to something like, divine walking down the street in either pink flamingos or female trouble where it's like clearly this person is out of control crazy crazy. beautiful fashion icon walking amongst regular people flowy red dress with a gigantic red cape in the middle of the night in the middle of the night walking the streets in new york and like this i mean just a reminder this like this is like kind of rough new york so it exactly. looks like she's walking around some porn theaters, basically. 
Completely. Which down by Central, not Central Park, down by Times Square was a yeah. lot of like sex shops and stuff at that time. So that's basically what was happening. And she's just walking through all of it. Just walking through. And then she starts to walk past, past this place called Tricky Hickey Massage Parlor. Uh, and as she does, she somebody calls her. She's like, oh. hey, Nocturna. She's like, do I know you? Hello? In her dreamy fucking way. Yeah. And it's R.H. Factor, the pimp slash drug dealer, now uh, massage parlor owner. And he's he's like, got a lot oh. of different businesses going on here. I, I'm saying he's the stereotype. Like, I mean, um, at least A plus for the entrepreneurial spirit of this uh, character. Okay. So <laughs> he takes her inside to show her around the massage parlor, which is basically just a room with a desk and two couches. And he's like, I want you to meet my girls. And there's these four women, Olga, Ying Yang, Mumu, and the other one. How bad does it have to be the other one in that scenario? But the the terrible thing is, none of these women got credits anywhere. Anywhere. I've looked. Like, there's none of these people are listed anywhere. And they even say their names over and over, and they're not listed (laughs) anywhere. Because these people might have been actual prostitutes. I don't know. I mean... So then R.H. and Nocturna (laughs) go behind a secret wall to spy on the four hookers in trapping a man, basically. So in my head at this moment, I was like, okay, yay, we're finally going to get some vampires, maybe some blood, maybe something kind of fun happening here instead. (laughs) Couldn't be further from the truth. Could not be further from the truth. What you get is an ugly John, basically, and these four women, and then they just start undressing while talking to him. And the one, Olga, is like, oh, I like your tie. It's very artsy. What do you do? He's like, it's a, oh, I'm an art dealer. It's a, that tie is just a plain black tie. <laughs> like, it is not creative. It is not artsy. It, like, she's, she's, she's doing that thing where it's like, I'm going to be a good listener and I'm going to be an engaging person by just complimenting somebody. She's trying it, so it hard. It just goes on too long because then she's like, oh, I <sighs> love art. What kind of art do you like? He's like, oh, I'm an art dealer. I like all kinds of art. He's like, she's like, really? Do you like Chinese art? I love Chinese art. Really? What kind of art? What's your favorite dynasty? All the dynasties. He has no answers. I love all the dynasties. This Clearly somebody so who knows their art dealings. Improv. Yes. Oh. She's like, oh, my favorite dynasty is the Han dynasty. Do you like it? She's, he's like, oh, yeah, I love the Hans. I love them. Oh, what's your favorite thing from the Han dynasty? All of it. All of it's my favorite. And all this time, these women are just getting naked. And that was the whole excuse for this scene, is so you could see more naked people, I guess. Naked women, quote unquote. That is such a beautiful artistic tie. Oh. Very artistic. Y- yeah, yes, I'm, 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 I'm an art. I'm, I'm in the arts. <laughs> You're in the arts? Yes, I, uh, I, uh, I'm an art dealer. You're an art dealer? Yes. Oh, I love art. You do? I love it. I love it, too. <laughs> Oh, I love Chinese art. Chinese art? Oh, yes. Chinese, Chinese art. art. Do you know about um, Chinese art? Yes. You do? What yeah. dynasty do you like? Oh, all the dynasties. All the dynasties? Yes. First one to the last one. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite is the Han Dynasty. The Han, Han Dynasty. Yes, the Han I dynasty. like that one a lot. You do? Yes, yeah. yes. It's a wonderful dynasty. A lot of good things happen yes. there. 
And so then they're like, okay, now close your eyes and we're going to give you a big surprise. So he just lays there in his suit with no tie on. And then they're like, okay, open your eyes. And as they do, they're all crowded around him with giant syringes and like turkey rubber hoses, things. Yeah. And jars. <laughs> like. So they're basically going to drain him and I, I guess get rid of the body and then turn his blood into the powder? Is that what the drug thing was? The connection? That's how they make the drugs? Possibly, but in the next scene after that, R.H. and Nocturna, R.H. offers Nocturna like this kind of crystal goblet of blood. With V8 in it, yes. With V8 in it. And I was like, that crystal goblet looks pretty cool. I'm a sucker for goblets. But, <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I, I get. He's just like, yeah, it's fresh, fresh, right from the source. And I'm like, that guy looked pretty gross to me. Not, not a lot about him said fresh. Yeah, I mean, just, they're worried about diabetes, but I guess they're not worried about anything else. Oh, definitely not VD. <sighs> so yeah, so now we've got oh. the whole a long story about how Nocturna is changing, and she doesn't want to drink blood anymore. And that's where that comes in. Is so she's yeah. like, I've got to get back to my boyfriend. That's where I was going when you saw me on the street. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. But before she goes, R.H. is like, who's your boyfriend? Because he wants, he's all about Nocturna. And she's just like, he's not one of us. He's a like regular human. And then R.H. says something, something to the effect of like, your, your, your granddad's not going to like it and is going to be sucking on him. And that line made <laughs> me just, I, I couldn't stop laughing for like a good solid minute about granddad sucking on her boyfriend. And she also it's says terrible. in this scene, she also says in this scene uh, that she's changing and that she's engaged. I'm like, when did they get engaged? I thought I missed, Bitch, I honestly thought I missed something. Two days ago. I honestly two thought I missed ago. something with that one because I was just like, wait, was there a proposal scene that I was not paying attention to? Maybe it's on the cutting room floor. Uh, I mean, basically the cutting room floor, they just picked all that up and that was the movie. Done. <laughs> okay, so finally, Nocturna shows up to the dance place. Now, this place was called, what is it? Starship, Starship. Discovery One. That was the whole name. And I looked up this place. This was a real place. Their biggest claim to fame was that they were featured in this movie. I mean, uh, I get it. The, the whole place was themed because they wanted it to be a rival or a competitor with Studio 54. So it was all space themed. So you'd go in through this big mirrored hallway and you'd go up to this bubble and get a pass to go onto the spaceship. And then you'd get in there and all the, the ceiling was uh, super expensive with lights and smoke and it moved. And the DJ booth was in a big bubble so it looked like he was in his own capsule. Like, apparently they spent a ton of money on it. It looked place. great. No, yeah, it was great. It was three floors of uh, a dance place in New York, and it was, like, disco heaven for, like, three years, and then they closed. Sounds and again, great. their biggest oh. claim to fame was this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a shame. So she gets there, and he's there waiting in his... I don't know why he's wearing a suit. He's got a velvet coat, a vest, shirt, slacks. But he is very attractive. I can see why she's like, oh my god, he's my boyfriend. We're engaged. I don't care. I didn't tell him yet, but, you know. 
And and she gets she gets to go she gets to go out on the dance floor again and do some spinning. Oh, but wait, we they get in there. And oh, that's she, right. He's like, "Do you want to dance?" And then, slutty blonde girl's like, "Hey, Jimmy, where have you been? Let's dance!" And just pulls him away. And I thought in my head, I was like, "Oh, this blonde girl's gonna die." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was hoping for. I was like, "Oh, she's gonna get dead on this dance floor." No, nope. all Nocturna does <laughs> is like dance between them and then they dance away. And the blonde girl, who was also a, a Playgirl playmate one year, fun fact, I don't remember her name because, you know, she wasn't important. That was the only thing she did. But she still got a credit, and those four hookers didn't, and they did a whole scene. Eat it, Momo. <laughs> <laughs> Eat it, Momo. Yes. Uh, so, so now they're dancing. Again, a large ring forms because Nocturna has flowy outfits. And she's doing and her spins. She does her spin, but she takes the outer dress off, and underneath is a bagini top, and then a bottom with just gigantic fringe. Yeah, and she's just, just doing fringe. these twirls, 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 and then she's dancing with Jimmy, and then he takes off his coat, he takes off his vest, he takes off his shirt. He's gorgeous. <laughs> so I was like the whole time I was like, yes, take that shirt off, Jimmy. Oh, he was beautiful. I love it. Uh, so they're all dancing. People are clapping, not dancing, because they have no room. Uh, so they finally stop dancing. Then it is the weirdest cutscene to Jimmy's apartment, where he is teaching her how to smoke pot. Again, she is 126 years old, and she doesn't know how to smoke anything. I, this, uh, this, this, this scene <laughs> made me is so upset on so many levels. I, I was so upset on so many levels with this scene because like she could like there, there's probably some vampire jokes if they wanted to be jokey about it there's the scene that we get here is just two awkward people talking at each other i don't think they're really listening to each other um, i don't think they're in the same room so there's a smoking the pot and so then nocturna's all high or whatever and she just yeah. goes I'm going to tell you my secret. I'm Count Dracula's granddaughter. And I think I'm changing. And every time I dance, I become... Uh, whatever, I become less vampire -y. I become immortal. Yes, and then all of a sudden, she starts like fading away and disappearing, and then you see a bat for a second, and then she's back, and the guy just looks at his hand and goes... What did he say? That's some good grass. He says, fantastic grass. <laughs> I'll tell you my secret. <laughs> I'm the granddaughter of Count Dracula. And I'm a vampire. And I'm forced to seek out victims. To satisfy my craving for human blood. When I dance, <laughs> I become transformed. Grass. <laughs> right? Like, 
Okay, so she just said she's a vampire. Count Dracula's granddaughter. She t- disappeared and then turned into a bat and came back. And you think that's all the pot? I mean, Ooh, plus, we, plus, on retrospect now, we know that that's like some weak-ass 1970s pot. That's not even right? like the good stuff that we get today. This yeah, is just... Is like, again, weak sauce, but... Yeah, you know he he thought that that's what was happening. Oh, so yeah. So then they, I guess, leave again and go back to the dance place. Cut yeah. to Count Dracula. Oh yeah, in he New York. he shows up with um Theodore. What's her face? Theodore. No, he first he has to go down to uh under the bridge to see Jagulia. Yeah, Jagulia takes Theodore. takes them to the dance place. Well, no, no, you're skipping a whole scene. So Dracula's down there. He's like, tell me where she is. And she's like, no. And so he uses his magic vampire powers on her. And he's like, she's like, oh, they're at his apartment. And so they send Theodore to go get them. So Theodore gets there, knocks Nocturna out, puts her in a bag, throws her in the living room. That's and right. And then he's going he's gonna to drain Jimmy because he's now unconscious on the table. And he's got all those pumps and syringes and shit because Ready nobody bites anybody in this fucking movie. Uh, and as he's about to like stab the thing into it, Nocturna rips out of the bag with teeth <laughs> finally and nails. And she's doing this <sighs> like she's trying to cough up a hairball. It sounds like a cat. It's the worst. And she attacks Theodore and he leaves. And then they get dressed and go back to the dance hall or whatever it is. Discovery Starship One or whatever it is. And so Theodore goes back and like, I failed because I suck. And so Count Dracula is like, okay, I have to go. Take me to where they are. <laughs> so then Jaguli is like, oh, they must be at the disco because, I don't know, is Nocturna phoning in every five minutes to tell her where they are? No. No. Plot hole. Uh, so I guess, I mean, she they're... just doesn't have anything else to do in her life other than to disco like so hard. Yeah, because that's the only thing that's going to turn her from not being a vampire into being human, right? Is the dancing. That's what does it. They never really explain that, but that's what does it. So now it's the showdown. It's uh, Jagulia, Count Dracula, Jimmy, and Nocturna all at the disco. Count Dracula uses his magic powers and makes everybody stop dancing. Oh, one thing I did want to say. They do all these scenes of the people dancing at Starship One. Starship Discovery One. And these are all people that were extras in Saturday Night Fever. Clearly. Which was filmed a year earlier. Yeah. Uh, there is a guy dancing. If you watch this scene, there is a guy dancing in white satin pants that I want. I don't care that I don't look good in white. I don't Question. care that I don't good, look good in satin. And that they're pants. Was, but it's, was this the gentleman that was dancing with a cane? No, but I did love the guy with the cane too. I wanted to ask. I hold on. We have to talk about cane. We got to talk about cane guy. It's this. It's this disco dancer guy, and he's whipping and twirling this cane around. Oh yeah, some people got hit in the face. You know they did. I mean, I just don't. I part of me, I'm just like I. I just don't think people should be showing up to a dance floor with props. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. He also, he also had a bowler hat on. So bowler he hat, so he look. would, like, do that little tuck thing and, like, twirl the cane around a little bit. Like You know, he was trying to pull focus. I mean, that's your job. 
Is when it? You're an actor. Pull focus. Pull focus. Yes. Mm, I, I was just like, I, all I could think about was just like how many people had to be hit with that stupid cane. Right. And like somebody, like the director just being like, yeah, get more of that cane guy in there. Yeah. <laughs> get hit. And all the extras just like looking at him just being like, Exactly. So Count Dracula says to Nocturna, if you don't come back home to Transylvania with me, I'm killing your boyfriend, period. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. So they go outside. Jagulia and Jimmy are inside. Everything unfreezes. Jimmy's like, where did they go? And they're like, she's like, oh, they left. (laughs) She went with him. They're going back to Transylvania. And he's like, I have to stop him. And Jaguli is like, no, he's a vampire. He'll destroy you. And he's like, I don't care. She's like, okay, I'll help you. <laughs> that's exactly, that's like verbatim. Okay, I'll help you. What happened? Where's Nocturna? She's left with her grandfather. I've got to stop him. You can't. He's a vampire. He'll destroy you. I don't care. I love him. I understand. I'll help you. And so they just walk outside. They're just standing outside, getting into Dracula's hearse. Of course. Right. And I so, mean, even even if you're renting across, you know, on a on an international vacation, you're still gonna rent a hearse. Exactly. So oh, this is the movie. lamest showdown ever. This you movie. Got Dracula and Jimmy. Jimmy just grabs the lit up tea from Starship Discovery flashes it at count dracula and he flies away and that's it that's it that's it that's, that was it we're done that's it that's it so this Jigulia movie comes out and goes where'd he go oh he does this all the time he just flies away and so then it's them and they kiss and they're and nocturna's like i want to see the sunrise because now apparently she's full not vampire and she won't burst into flames right okay fine are you all right? Yes. Now that I'm with you. Hey, I got a wild idea. Why don't we stay up all night and see the sunrise? I've never seen a sunrise. Yeah, but you know how dangerous that is. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be all right. I love you. I... Cut to the plane scene with Jagulia and Count Dracula in a slightly extra big coffin. And he's basically saying, oh, I haven't done this in years. I don't think I can do it. And she's like, oh, don't worry. You'll remember how. And she pulls him in the coffin and closes the lid. They so smashed. they're fucking in a coffin. Yeah. They, they, they smashed. In a plane. In yeah. a plane. In a plane. Mile High Vampire Club. <laughs> that should be the name of a punk band. I love it. The Mile High Vampire Club. Whatever. Uh, so... <laughs> So then the end scene is Nocturna and Jimmy walking somewhere along the shoreline or pier. Yeah, they're, I th- are they That's, by the Brooklyn Bridge? I don't know. They're somewhere where the sunlight is behind the city and it's coming up. And they're both dressed in like angelic white. And then the sun comes up and they're kissing and she doesn't die. And that's the end. <laughs> it just, just... Okay. So does that mean she's no longer a vampire? I took, yeah, I took that to mean that she's no longer a vampire. So basically she's, she danced it out of herself? Is that what's happening? 
I guess. Disco Disco cures vampirism. Is I the, mean, is the it explains moral of this why story. the it explains why vampires were such a problem in the seventeen and eighteen hundreds. They didn't have disco. But evaporated in the nineteen seventies. Right. This movie this movie There's a lot about this movie. There's this... there's a lot of good one liners. Uh there's those weird, intense, angry little monologues that Theo gives. There's a lot of there's a lot of plot holes. They don't really explain what's happening, even though they it could have been a really good story. See, that's the thing. Like, I think that there's a version of this of a story involving a vampire who like makes the journey to become human. So that's what... I messaged you and gave you a job of recasting this movie with actors and actresses from today. Now I can go first, or you can go first. I only got a few people. Okay, to be well let honest. me go first because I have everybody. Okay. So Count Dracula first. I would do Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah, he'd probably have a sense of humor about it. He'd be able to. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he could do that. the The walrus line, I think he could do beautifully. <laughs> now that you understand that, I feel like uh, the no. walrus line would like hit a little bit harder. <laughs> right. I think it'd be a little more, a little more funny. Nocturna, I was thinking either Zoe Saldana or Zendaya. You know? I, for Nocturna, on my list, I know it's not age-appropriate, but I said oh. Pia Zadora. But I needed somebody who could actually act in this one, so... But, like, that's who she reminded me of. Or Lindsay Lohan. No, vetoed, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I said somebody who can act. Uh, Jagulia... I went for either Cassandra Peterson, who everybody will know yep. as uh, Elvira. Elvira. Or Christine Baranski, who I thought would be hilarious. Huh. I like that. I think she's, I think she's funny. Yeah. Did you have anybody for Jagulia? I did not have anybody for Jagulia. Okay, so for Jimmy, I... Jimmy, oh. I, I had a couple. I had actually three. One of them, though, I had a question mark. So one of them I had was Nick Jonas. Now, here's the question. Can he act? So I think for the for the for Jimmy, the role of Jimmy, I was envisioning it's like somebody who is knowingly a himbo. Because Jimmy okay. is the dumbest box of fucking hair in this movie. He's just oh, not but he's so pretty. He's pretty. So that's why pretty. on my list for that, I went with Chris Hemsworth. No, because... he's too old. Because like, but he's like conventionally attractive, and could yes. probably play dumber yeah. than right. probably well, I had he two is. other choices. <laughs> I had Colton Haynes, who was my number one. He was uh, in the TV show Arrow, but he was the, uh, the red yeah, yeah, guy, yeah, 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 yeah. the one with like the amazing jawline, just gorgeous. Uh, or Matthew Daddario, he was in Shadowhunters, also amazing jawline, cute brunette. I mean, uh, the time. But yes. I know, but they're all very hot. I just wanted somebody who could act, and I didn't know if Nick Jonas could act, but he's super hot. So, do-do-do-do-do, whatever. Now, Theodore, the little monster werewolf guy, <laughs> I immediately thought a good person to do this and maybe, like, stretch his acting skills would be Mark Ruffalo. What? No. Because yeah, he's kind of older now, so no. he could get kind of... He could get like unshaven and unkempt and be kind of a creep. No, I think it'd be a really fun. When it came uh, to Theodore for me, 
I thought, who could actually read these lines and get an emotional reaction out of me? Like, oh, Lord. who could actually make me laugh in this moment? And I thought uh, Jason Manzukis would be... <laughs> Would be a really okay, I good see person that. for that. I can see that. I like Jason Manzukis. That's that's not bad. That's pretty good. Because he okay. he plays he plays some creepy people, but like I feel like he he could over the top deliver some of those lines. Yeah, I could see that. That's a that's a good one. <laughs> so now RH Factor canceled, and I was thinking they could do write a whole new storyline, and she could stop off at like a brothel, like within New York. But yes. it would be like you'd step through the doors and it'd be like a fucking 17th century brothel with like red velvet and like just over the top brothel. And instead of R.H. Factor, it would be the madam of the brothel, which would be played by Cher, of course, because she's a vampire. She has to be. She's living mm-hmm. forever. Done. Forever. If, yeah. if I could see that, but if they kept R.H. as is with the script... I was also trying to think, it's like, who's somebody who could make this material funny? Who's somebody that could play with this role, knowingly acknowledge how dated, how problematic, how blurry and kind of gross it is? And I was thinking um, Day and Wayans Jr. I could see that. Because I think, like, I I, I just think that he could just play it as a... As a completely, as just a completely ridiculous caricature, just yeah, as I mean, that's it would have to be that because yeah. it's already a character based on a stereotype. Yeah. So I mean, it would have to be a character based on the character of a stereotype character. I mean, it would have to be so over the top that it was ridiculous and not offensive. Yes. Which would be very hard with this character because this <laughs> character was cringe worthy. So many. It's so terrible. It's so it awful. Was so terrible. So bad. Okay. The other uh, thing I wanted you to do was, if you were having a movie night of three movies, this being one of them, what would the other two be? So, so let I me just start. L- let me just start by me uh-huh. saying, I think this movie's unwatchable. <laughs> oh, no. I This movie is definitely now a at least a yearly watch for me. Oh. So, but... Mm-hmm. I tried to I tried to think I tried to think of like what is hitting similar themes, similar time and then like what I feel like we might have crossover here. What ha- what might push this movie into being part of a larger narrative? So the two movies I would pair it up with, the first one is um similar disco vampire movie called Love at First Bite. It's okay. not great. It's not as bad as this. It doesn't have as good of a soundtrack, though. Oh, wow. Like, mm. And then the second movie, I don't know. I think it's just because of how dated the concept for this movie is and how it, how it feels dated and like a novelty experience uh-huh. comparable to Nocturna would be the Linda Blair classic Roller Boogie. Oh, weird. You really didn't go where I thought you were going to go. So, I mean, both valid, both great. I would, would it be that order? What would be your order? Would Nocturna be first to get it out of the way? No, I think, I think Nocturna would be the sandwich. Oh, okay. I think it would be Love at First Bite, Nocturna, then Roller Boogie. Okay. Because Roller Boogie, it's, it's, it ends on such a good note. Like you don't want anything to come after that. Right. 
I went in a different direction, which is the direction I thought you would go, is since this was 79, kind of musical, set in New York, I was thinking, one, The Apple. Yeah. Nocturna. Classic. Classic. And then Can't Stop the Music, the Village People musical movie. You really love that Can't Stop the Music movie. I fucking live for that movie. It's I so can't, good. I can't. All the I short can't... shorts and uh, uh, house plants and uh, the fucking hair. And, uh. It's a gay fantasia. Yes. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg in those little short shorts. Oh. Steve Gutenberg looked cute in that movie, but like, I he just. He was hot in that movie, yes. I just, yeah. There's yeah, ha- so that was my three. So like, I just don't, like. Something like the Apple is like so maximalist with its very high concept that like I just don't I just think it's like that movie would blow Nocturna out of the water. There's no coming back it from would. the Apple. Yeah, no, Nocturna <laughs> is the first in the movie. And yeah, then it's the Apple, and then it's Can't Stop the Music. But, but like why those two in that order? I don't know. I just like them. I think they're both. They both came out the same year, right? 1980. Roughly, yeah. Yeah. And this one was 1979. There was something about, like, these musical movies that I feel like Nocturna was almost a musical movie. Like, it wanted to be, like, the vampire version of Xanadu. But it it, turned out to be not. It's definitely a product of... It's definitely a a fast follow on a decade's worth of like movies like Grease or mm-hmm. Saturday Night Fever. Like they wanted those moments. They wanted that kind of softness to it because that's why I feel like that's why we don't see a whole lot of blood or gore or people being bit. Like right. they wanted to keep it this like kind of fun romp, but like at the same time, blood goblets pimp vampires like it's just Dr- vampire blood drugs yeah cocaine yeah. blood like cocaine blood what is this what is what is this movie trying to do what is this movie trying to do it was a bit all over the place but i again the soundtrack impeccable the outfits for nocturna amazing some of the scenery so you've got the disco you've got the church you've got under the brooklyn bridge really good all that stuff good 70s New York, dirty and grungy and terrible, but it's a great backdrop. So you've got all of that, but then you've got the dialogue, which is terrible. Yeah. Some of most of the acting, which is horrible, and it feels like three different movies trying to be a musical. You know. It, so it, the 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 pieces that the elements that you just described on paper sound incredible. Right. So sounds for, like it's a so great it idea. just feel it feels as though this movie is a collection of missed opportunities sad face yes except for the uh soundtrack which yeah another fun legit fact, gloria gaynor does the main song love is just a heartbeat away she was forced into doing that song by the person she was dating at the time she hated the song and she thought it it was uh i don't remember the words that she said it was like redundant and already out of date by the time she recorded it but it is a fucking amazing song it's a jam that what that is a banger it yeah, slapped. But she hated it, so oh. dude, what do we know? Right? Yeah. Okay, uh, well, that. that was Nocturna, 1979. Uh, I loved it. You hated it. <laughs> question a question question on the other end of this. Uh, on the other oh. end of this is yes. I wrote down 
They use the term, vampires use the term bloodsucker a whole lot. In the placement of vampire culture, it's like, is that an okay word for non-vampires to use? Or is it a slur? <laughs> like, I, the rules around vampirism in this movie were very confusing. And I couldn't yeah. tell, like, when they were at that meeting, it's like, okay, so there's like eight of them here, but they're representing all of New York or something. Like, Bloodsuckers of America is the name of the group? It doesn't, it doesn't see, it doesn't, doesn't feel like... I don't know, just something about it just felt so off and so off-putting for me. Yeah, no, it was, again, it was too many ideas, a lot of plot holes, but hey, it was, I thought it was fun. It is a movie I will not soon forget. Um, (laughs) But not soon revisit. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to revisit this one anytime soon. I've already watched it three times, but you know, (sighs) that's me. I will. I will be probably listening to the soundtrack again this evening. It was that that no complaints on that front <laughs> at all, at all. Uh, so, is there anything you want to say? Want to promote? I mean, you're not really no doing good. anything. No, I'm not doing Quarantine's anything. Happening. <laughs> not too much is happening it's for me. Done. <sighs> okay. Well, I just thank want you every... for being my. Go yeah. ahead. Everyone to be safe. Everyone to be sane with COVID. Wear a mask. All that kind of good stuff. Maybe promote mask usage. I'm, I'm about that. <laughs> there you go. Mask usage. Uh, thank you for being my first return guest. Oh, a pleasure, Evil. Anytime that you need me, just just beckon. <laughs> just beckon. Just beckon. Just... Yeah. Okay. Hey, girl. <laughs> Pick another atrocious movie. Done. Yes. Yes. Okay. Always. I'm. I'm. I'm ready and ready and waiting for our, the next. Uh, the next movie for us to watch. Oh my god, I can only imagine what it's going to be. <sighs> <laughs> I can tell okay. you this, it's it's going to be just as memorable as this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you again, and I will talk to you later. All right. <laughs> well, that was Nocturna from 1979. <laughs> what a wonderfully weird movie. <laughs> Big thanks again to Sister Christopher. And as always... Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so we can spread the evil even further. Feel free to send me any comments, questions, or concerns to any of our socials that are all in the show notes. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Nailed by Jamie, at their Etsy store for gorgeous nails and at amazing prices. And as always, keep watching scary movies. <laughs>